Welcome to another edition of Canton Bound. As always, the other half of our NFL podcast here. <laughs> As always, I'm Colin. And I'm just an amused bystander watching that train wreck unroll unfold. <laughs> Woo! Good stuff, Colin. Should we do it again or you, you want to roll with that take? No, we're just going to roll it. We're just going to cool. roll it. Then I'm Austin. Time. What's up? What's up? <laughs> Uh, and that was just a terrible intro, but that was because I had something else up over here. Um, before we get into everything, just want to announce we got big news. We got a big release coming on March 14th, Pi Day. Uh, if you haven't checked out Twitter, uh, the Campus to Canton account has changed their accounts. Uh, all of us have changed our Twitter avi. And our banners, uh, we're going dark, dark mode. Mm-hmm. Can't talk about, can't talk about any of this stuff. You won't get, you won't get anything out of me. You can try. You can. I've been trained in anti-interrogation techniques. That's true. It's true. He actually was. Yeah. Um, they did that at Pitt in law school. They trained you in that. Is yeah. that why Pitt's one of the best law schools? Yes. Yes. Nice. We're, we're really good at negotiating. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah. So we're talking about it now. It's uh, we're just we're just announcing it. Tune in on March 14th. But that's the last thing we're going to say about it. Um, should we just dive right in after that? Let's do it. All right. Uh, this podcast is part of the Fantasy Points Media Group, along with a ton of other great pods, including the True North Fantasy Podcast, the Play to Win Podcast, Dynasty Happy Hour. Injury Prone Podcast with Dr. Evan Porras, Dynasty Vipers, The Smoke Show, Triple Play, and the Fantasy Points Podcast. You can follow them on Twitter at Fantasy Points Live or check out the Friday Drops that recap the week in the Fantasy Points Media Group. So we got a little bit of news today. There's also the Combine currently going on. What's that? Um, It's one of those big things that plow a field. It's kind of like a tractor, uh, but it's even bigger. Um, I mean, you 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 grew up in in PA, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Um, you're probably pretty familiar mind. with that. Well, the other PA. Well, something that I realized is people from PA call PA PA, but if you're not from PA, you don't call PA PA. Say PA one more time. PA. <laughs> Pennsylvania is just so such a long name, you know. It is right, but if you're not from Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. you probably don't know when somebody says PA. Why don't we sound like we're just like drunk as shit tonight? Like this show is just awful. So right far now. off the rails. It is <laughs> so bad. It is. Yeah. It is. Um, what uh, am I talking about? I was just, we're talking about the combine. Oh, yes. The combine. <laughs> yeah. big, big tractor. Got it. Yeah. I was just saying, you should be pretty familiar with that being from Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, farm country there. Does it have like the big spinny thing on the front? Um, some of them do. Okay, cool. Yeah, I know what a combine yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look at me. Yeah, there you go. Um, but before we get into combine talk here, because uh, we got the quarterbacks, wide receivers, tight ends currently going, uh, there's some pretty pretty surprising stuff going on. And I mean, we're recording this Thursday night at almost nine thirty, so you know there's still some events to take place. But we have the measurables, we have some of the big events, so we'll get into that a little bit later. But to start out here, we got some news. Combine is always a great place to get some news as well. 
you always got the uh, the GMs, the coaches, a lot of decision makers all in one place. So you start to hear some things leak, like rumors-wise. One of the uh, rumors that's come out there is Kyler Murray wants an extension this offseason or he wants out of Arizona. And this comes on the heels of Arizona giving Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Keim extensions. And now Murray's left out here and he wants his or he's gone. Would you give Murray the extension? Not for what he's asking for, no. Um, but it does seem like they am giving extensions to their head coach and their GM signals that the organization is siding with that the front office and, and the staff as opposed to the players, uh, specifically Kyler Murray here. So um, if I'm a Cardinals fan, you know, I don't think there's anything written in stone or, you know, you could, but I, like, I, I think you should probably start mentally at least opening yourself to the idea that come September, whatever, I don't know what day opening kickoff is this year, that Kyler Murray is not the starting quarterback uh, for the Arizona Cardinals, whether that means they've traded him. I don't, I don't think he'll play baseball. I don't no. think that's actually an option. I think he says he's going to baseball is a shit show right now. I don't know if any of you guys are paying attention. I don't really care about baseball at all. So I haven't been paying like, that close of attention to it but i i i know enough about sports and you know and tapped in enough to know that like that's the whole thing over there is not going well so i, I don't think baseball is going to be an option for him no i don't think so either um so you said you think that people need to start opening themselves to the possibility mm -hmm. that he is not the the starter there for arizona this year what do you put the odds on that odds that he is the starter for arizona man i think with the information we have now the, the odds that he's not the starter there, I don't know, 20%. It's definitely not zero, and I don't think we have enough news to, to tilt it either way. I wouldn't feel comfortable betting any sort of, you know, like significant amount of money on it or something if it was a prop somewhere. But, I, I mean, I think where something that would have felt outlandish if you said it in November now doesn't seem as ridiculous in February. So crazy how – or I guess it's March. It's just mm. March. So crazy how – uh, a couple months goes by and, and how how uh, much things can shift. Yeah, uh, there are some rumors out there about the possibility of Murray for Watson and some sort of a swap there. Um, we still don't really have any sort of clarity on the Watson situation. There has been zero news about that. Uh, but it does sound like Miami is resigned, not resigned, but is is out of the Deshaun Watson rumors, they are sticking with Tua. So naturally, the next quarterback situation to, to pop up, Watson gets his name thrown out there again. Um, do you see this as a, a realistic option here where they swap Murray for Watson? And what do you have to what would you think they would have to throw on top? Houston. I mean, I think Watson's a better player. True. I mean, I, I agree overall, but you would assume issues. you would assume the Texans have more information than anybody else does. Um, so for them to sell Watson for another quarterback, you would have to assume that things aren't going well there in that regard, unless like Arizona just overpays like crazy. So I don't think we would like I don't know if that's a deal that you would see like if that deal happens and you know things have probably gone south. But you'd have to think that Arizona is aware of that fact too. 
So uh, it's not just gonna be like, wow, they sold us their star quarterback with all these sexual assault allegations for cheap. Like, I cannot <laughs> believe this. Like, what? It is our lucky, lucky day. Um, I don't think that's gonna <laughs> happen. So um, I don't. I don't think that seems very likely. I don't know what what kind of deal they'll do. I mean, if you're Detroit, why wouldn't you be all over this? Yeah, trade your fir- trade the first overall for him. Yeah, he wants a contract extension, but you have another first this year. They have their second too, right? Like, so they still have those two, you know, primo picks that to spend on whatever they need. Um, that would be interesting to me. I don't know if Arizona, I think Arizona, maybe they'd want more. I don't know, because you're not going to take a quarterback in that spot this year. This quarterback class stinks, but I mean, I, I think they would almost have to take a quarterback in that spot. You would think. I mean, I guess you can Malik sniff Willis around one. I guess you can sniff around Trubisky or Jameis or whatever. I don't, I, I don't know. I just don't think it's smart to lock up. Did he, did he say he won 50 mil a year? Uh, yeah, it was it was something like that. He wanted to be the highest paid yeah, player. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't pay him that. He's not worth that. Even if the cap goes up, he's not worth that. No, I agree. Um, but something to keep an eye on here for the uh, – for the remainder of the offseason, I'm sure this isn't the last time we will discuss Kyler Murray or Deshaun Watson. Uh, Kill me now. <laughs> uh, other news, Amari Cooper, uh, it's reportedly that he is likely going to be asked to take a pay cut or be cut from the Cowboys. They owe him $20 million, um, this year. I don't know exactly what that cap number is, but it's not 20 million. They have a reasonable out here. Do we, I, I mean, I, I think Amari Cooper does not take a pay cut because I think he can get close to that somewhere. I don't know what to do with Amari. I think this is finally the off season where I'm giving up on him as well. Not like giving up, but you know, there was always like, he's still young. Like, he just like, you know, he's one year away from, you know, being that consistent wide receiver one that we think he's going to be. And I actually had in our home league, somebody offered me Amari Cooper the other day. And I finally <laughs> said, like, no, nah, I think too? I'm good. Oh, did he? <laughs> yep. He's, I said, no, nah, I'm good. Like, I think this, I think I just finally decided, like, Amari Cooper is not going to be it. I told him that. I, told him that. I was like, I, I, so and I think Dallas has said that, too. You know, if he's not worth that money, he's been banged up. They have an heir apparent. Like, is it cheaper for them to cut him and bring back Gallup? Like, then you still have, you know, guys that have chemistry with with, uh, with Dak, and you're probably saving yourself some money in the long run. Maybe you can even bring back Schultz. I mean, the gang can really all, all come back. I don't really remember Amari Cooper taking over a game in the past year or two. No. Um, so I, I don't think that's bad. I mean, it does shock me a little bit. I guess I don't know what kind of dead cap it leaves, but with the issues they have with Zeke, like they might want to be careful with the dead cap thing for a few years. But mm. um, yeah, I mean, if they can financially do it, and I'm sure Cooper will then find another home, uh, no problem. But I don't know if anyone wants to trade for that contract, you know? No, I don't think anybody does. Uh, with uh, Mari Cooper, though, I mean, I personally have a lot of Cedric Wilson shares. Oh, or- yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that is a stock that is going to to really take off here, um, especially if they do cut Cooper or he trade gets traded or whatever. And then, yes, they can bring back Gallup, but he tore his ACL late in the year. 
You know, I it's going to be October before he's back on the field at the earliest. So you're looking at CeeDee Lamb and Cedric Wilson. This was assuming they don't take world's fastest man, Tyquan Thornton, in like the second round. That's a good Um, point. We just we just (laughs) watched that happen. (laughs) Spoiler. (laughs) Yeah, that that might make an appearance later in the show. But yeah, I mean, so Amari Cooper, I think we're his situation in Dallas right now is pretty much that in the past two years is pretty much the situation that you would have wanted to see him in. Is that his ceiling is his production in Dallas? Is that his ceiling? Good question. Probably you would think, right? Um, What do you think? Oh, I know you're always asking me what I think. Let's let's ask Colin what he thinks. The the people want to know. Turn it around on me. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't have an answer. And I was eating a pretzel when you said it. So that's really (laughs) why I'm dodging. Um, That's fair. And I mean, I I have no problem talking as as everybody knows and sharing my opinion. Okay, never mind. I regret this already. Yes, I do think that we have seen Amari Cooper ceiling. Uh, I think that Dallas, like I said, was pretty much a perfect situation for him. He was pretty much the guy there for the first year or two. uh, And he split some work, but he was still like the wide receiver one in that offense. But, you know, Dak did spread the ball around a good bit, but he has a good quarterback there. So, you know, and it was an offense that threw the ball a decent amount. There's a lot of offenses out there that have a much worse quarterback. A lot of other offenses out there don't, don't throw the ball as much. You know, I, I think that he, that was pretty much his ceiling. Yeah. I mean, where is he, where is he realistically going to go that he's going to get paired with a better quarterback in an offense where he should be the number one guy? Like, think question. of the, you know, if Dak's a top seven or eight quarterback in the NFL, I think most people think that, unless you're like an Eagles fan or something goofy. <laughs> um, I mean, you're you're talking maybe Deshaun Watson to go to Houston or something, drive drive across the state there. Kyler, like I don't know, you'd be the number one over DeAndre Hopkins. They already have chemistry. You know, Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, you wouldn't be the number one. Um, I don't know. I'm trying with Justin Herbert. I don't know if he'd be his number one. Yeah, Keenan Allen has good chemistry with him. And Herbert kind of spreads the ball around a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Mahomes, he wouldn't be like you should go down the list. Like even if you were Josh to find Allen. Out, a situation wouldn't uh, be the number one there. You wouldn't be no. Um, not so yeah, I, Burrow, you wouldn't be number one. Yeah, I mean, all these top guys, he he would not be the number one there. So, um, yeah, I don't think there's another situation out there that that you would feel as good about, even just ignoring, you know, him. Like assuming yeah. that you know he, everything's fine and dandy with him. Yeah, I mean, I think probably the best situation off the top of my head that I can think of for him to go to would be Miami. You know, they kind of they have Jalen Waddle, but, you know, they serve different roles. So and they don't really have a guy in that Amari Cooper role in that offense. And I think Tua can spread the ball around a decent amount. Um, so that'd probably be my the I, mo- most ideal situation off the top of my head that I can think of. And then they can sign or go draft Tyquan Thornton, world's fastest man to yes. round out that trio. They could. That's a, that's a lot of underneath stuff and not a lot of over the top. Yeah. Yeah. Take. I mean, he's clearly going to take the top off of defense somewhere or every you know if you don't like taekwon thornton you can go get world's fastest man chris alave or yeah. world's fastest man christian watson or it's yeah like... uh yeah yeah i mean we we saw a lot saw a lot of uh a lot of world fastest man here 
I think that the suits this year that they're wearing are extra aerodynamic or something. It's the only, the only explanation. That or yeah. they're going to adjust the times in a couple of days, and, and but we'll talk about that in a minute. Yes, yes, we will talk about that in a minute. Just get um, through the news column. Before we get to that, combine. before we get to that, um, Jimmy G is reportedly going to have shoulder surgery here this offseason. Uh, significant because he has been the wide speculation of a trade candidate this offseason. Everybody thinks it's going to be Trey Lance time. Uh, you know, they drafted him in the first last year. Jimmy G was kind of always like a, I don't know if, I mean, people at one point viewed him as a, a franchise QB, but we have pretty long gone past that. Um, does this affect his trade value now that with that surgery? I mean, I in, the fairness to, in fairness to Jimmy G, he's been to a Super Bowl and an NFC championship game in the past five years or whatever. So, um, uh, let's not let's not count the guy out. Um, oh, I'm not counting him out. I'm just saying I don't think he is necessarily anybody's. Um, he's not the quarterback that you want to build your franchise around. He can get the job done, but yeah, I mean, I'm still taking him with the Steelers. I know that wasn't really the question. Like, I don't think I don't know. His value is maybe what it is. Um, I haven't actually really read into that story at all. I can't really comment. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just here to talk about the combine. That's literally That's all you brought me on for. You said, dude, let's just talk combine. I said, sure. Here I am 17 minutes into this thing. And I've had to like force the combine into every conversation. You're trying. You're like, really trying to make Taekwon geez. Thornton happen. Like, never mind. I was, um, was going to make a joke that was inappropriate. I won't do that. Anyway. Um, but speaking of quarterback trade candidates, the last bit of news here is reports around the combine are NFL GMs and coaches seem to think that it's unlikely that a lot of QBs get moved this offseason. Um, Bruce Arians notably mentioned that he does not think quarter franchise quarterbacks will be moved. He made it seem like he has inquired about a number of quarterbacks and has struck out. Um, so do we think that, that kind of puts a damper on your um, Aaron Rodgers, your Russell Wilson rumors. Um, there was one more that we were talking about. I mean, obviously Deshaun Watson too, but Uh, I'm struggling to think of who's the other one that you wanted to see in Tampa. It doesn't matter. Um, let's just talk about the combine. Combine, 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 combine. All right. Combine. Okay. Thank okay. You. Okay. Oh, man. All right. All 19 right. minutes. Okay. All right. I was gonna give Austin what he wants here. I mean, it's the people. You know, I am a man of the people, and the people want you want to. If you want to drive the show, you could have just driven the show, but combine news we got weigh-ins we got tests we got weigh-ins damon and marlin no no you didn't like that one all right go back to the news <laughs> obviously your uh, head is your head is not in this all right important uh, notable news from the weigh-ins obviously have to start out with uh kenny pickett mr baby hands himself eight and a half inch hands are your hands bigger than that? I have baby hands. I've never measured them, but my hands are not big. 
So mm-hmm. it wouldn't shock me if that's like the range that mine are in at all, really. I do not have big hands. Um, I actually have very dainty hands. Uh, my ring size is a seven and an eight. They just they bought Colin the women the woman's ring off the mannequin or whatever. They said fit him perfectly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it. Uh, I have yeah. no idea what my ring size is. Um, yeah, but I, just, I mean, I only know because obviously engaged I just, and work. I just sub shove stuff shopping. on my hand until it fit. Um, but so. but yes, I have my my hands though are eight and a quarter. I did measure them today, so not much smaller than Kenny Pickett, and yeah. I can't really throw a football for shit. So no, I can't either. That's why, like, I so I I'm like six three, so I'm very tall. I could dunk a tennis ball in high school, but I could not dunk a basketball because my hands were not big enough to palm it. Mm-hmm. So instead of being able to, you know, kind of go up and like I had to like you know kind of cradle it in my hand, and I couldn't quite jump high enough to do like to get above like you know halfway up my forearm above the rim or whatever. So um, I, I could never, unfortunately, really like truly dunk. A full-size basketball because of that unfortunately yeah i can't i can't dunk a full-size basketball either i mean i if my hands were a little bare i could have dunked and then just i would have been just you know big man on campus i mean getting yeah. you know just laid left and right couldn't, <laughs> couldn't dunk nope i mean i i can't i can like you my my best uh was i could like tip the rim just just get just get a little tip on it just, just a tip, a tip. Just a tip, but I could never like grab rim or hang on it. So like I was never even, even if I could palm a basketball, I was never even close to dunking. But it sounds like to bring it back, Kenny Pickett uh, probably also cannot dunk a basketball if I had to take a guess. Uh, Does this hurt Kenny Pickett's stock in your eyes? Do you put a lot of stock in the hand size here? I don't care about it at all. I mean, I think obviously he's the outlier of outliers. Um this is it's a it's such a weird concept to me. Like I don't, I don't know that we know. Is that is that weird to say that? Like I don't think we we know if there's a correlation there, just because there aren't a lot of baby-handed people that they get this far. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's a good point. I don't really put a ton of stock in it, but I do think that I do I do think that eight and a half is tough. Like there's like a minimum threshold. Like if you're over that, it, I don't think it really matters. But like people were complaining about Jared Goff's and his ended up being what, like eight and three quarters, I think. Mm, I don't remember Goff's. I, uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, I remember having the discussion last year with Burrow and his ended up being what, nine? Yeah. Um. So um, I will say like the gloves that they make nowadays feel like they would probably make it less of an issue. That's like have you, have you ever worn any of those gloves before? I have not. Have they you? like not not like I, I could make a one-handed catch on a football with one of those gloves on like f- fairly easily and i like do not like the, it, it after i put one of them on and like used it one time i was like okay like i am now way less impressed with what odell beckham did that one time <laughs> like like not like no impressed yeah but, like i was actually i was like okay like now i kind of get how like you can kind of just stick your hand out it, everything kind of sticks to it so um, yeah like the, the way they make those gloves now I, I think that can definitely help you I mean uh, I, I know I think Ben 
the one season had like an elbow injury or some sort of forearm injury or something that was like messing with the nerves and he like couldn't barely feel the football in his hand or something. And he was fine wearing one of those gloves, like because it just like the grip is just unreal. Yeah. Teddy two gloves. Teddy two gloves. Well, maybe it'd be Kenny two gloves. There we go. Just keep just just put as many gloves on as you need to until your hand's big enough to fit around the football. That's yeah, that's genius. Yeah, that's where it is. Trademark that. That's where it is. Yeah. Um, other hand size news. Traylon Burks famously uh, wears 5X gloves. Hand hands. size checked in 9 and 7 eighths. Yeah, it's not that big. Um, it's not so. nearly as big as I would have thought. I, that doesn't say 5XL to me. So now, well, that, so this brought up a lot of questions for me. And so did his testing, which we're going to talk about in a minute. This dude... It feels like he just kind of woke up this morning and went to the combine. Like his 40 yard dash technique was atrocious. Like I'm wondering, like a lot of them do a lot of different stuff with their hands to kind of, you know, make sure that they're getting like the maximum spread on it. Is like, did he do any of this stuff? Like just like watching him go through this day. I'm like, this dude just woke up this morning and was like, oh yeah, I got the combine I got to get to. And then like ran out the door. Like, so I, I'm just really curious. Cause I mean, it's not, I, I, they said that they, they not only did they get him these gloves, but that he would rip out of them multiple or like rip out of anything smaller, like multiple times a game. So I'm having a hard time believing that they just like made up this entire like yeah. story. And then like, every time they asked it, somebody was like, oh yeah. Oh, like, I mean, you don't believe me. Like he just ripped out of four pairs. And then like the next time, like, and they had to add something else on top of the story. Like, I, I don't know what to make of anything that Traylon Burks has done here in the past couple of days. I'm just kind of baffled by the enigma that is Traylon Burks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, while we're on the topic of Traylon Burks, I mean, we can just move into it. Um, you know, what's 33 inch vert. That was pretty, that's definitely, yeah, definitely not, uh, not was expected there as uh, 40 was up four five five was his fastest. He ran a four or five flat. I'm waiting to see. those are gonna get adjusted a little bit, but his second run was uh was a four or five flat. Yeah, first one was four or five five. Okay. Yeah. So but, but he's out there running this four or five five. The start's awful, and his arms are like flailing like the wacky inflatable tube man is. I'm like, dude, like who taught this guy how to run like a like a 40? Holy crap, man. Like the wasted movement could have shaved like a tenth off of this dude with, with how much he was waving his arms around like a maniac. You guys don't get the visuals on this, but I'm you don't. I was I was losing it. I, I get the visuals. And I do. That is one of the benefits there. Um. All right. Well, back. What, into the, what did you think about him? I mean, I, I that was very, very surprising um his results there I, you know everybody thought he was going to blow up the combine uh you know he's an athletic freak oh now now they're saying four five five for him i thought he ran a four five flat yeah i was i thought i had seen four five five but maybe i th I thought maybe i didn't see the second run or something but yeah he ran a four five Weird. i think the vert honestly is probably what surprised me the most because i mean anything i mean 40 times like you said it was a lot of wasted motion there on that you know so I think four, five, five, four, five in that range is fine. You know, I don't think that's a, that doesn't signal that he's a bad athlete or anything like that. The, the vertical jump though, I did really think 
that he would come in, you know, 36, 38, you know, something more along those lines, not 33. 33 is not great. I like, I realized that I did 29 in high school. That's like a hard one to fake. So it's not like a 40 time where I'd be like, oh, and you're like, yeah, okay. At 29, 29 introvert in high school. So again, like only four inches better than high school Austin. You're supposed to be a, a first round NFL pick. Like, I'm just so confused what this dude did for the past two months. Yeah. Cause it doesn't look like he's in bad shape. He didn't show up fat. He just showed up and didn't know how to do any of the drills. Maybe he got hit on yeah. the head and forgot how to do them. I don't know. I don't understand what this guy was doing. I don't know. But I mean, kudos to him for actually doing the drills. I mean, how many people have we had just not? Oh, that's a whole. I'm trying not to get into my boomer uh, comment takes tonight. No, no, Go. I can't do it. Do Once it. I start doing it, I'll start doing it. I want to hear it. I think the people want to hear it. What are the boomer takes? If you're going to show up to the combine, you should you should be required to do everything, or else you can't show up. Because you're taking spots away from kids that want to be there and want to do this stuff. Like, if you called Jared Stearns up tonight and you said, hey, what are you doing? Like, we need you to come to the Combine tomorrow, but you have to promise to do everything. Guess what? Jared Stearns is going to say, fuck yeah, he's going to get on a plane. He's going to get there and he's going to do every single thing on that list. And you got some of these guys who can go out there and magically run routes and do whatever else. But the 40 is too much. They can't do the 40. Can't do the 40. Can do all the drills. Can do all the other stuff. They get all these benefits and they won't take any of the risk. I don't like that at all. These guys should all have to do it all or you don't get to do any of it you're you're taken away from some of these other guys i agree i agree with you i mean obviously there's exceptions to you know a guy runs a 40 and tweaks a hammy and he's like all right you know i'm done i'm not gonna do that you know i'll run the next one at my pro day but you have to at least attempt to do these drills and some of these guys like are documented in like have been injured for months that's fine but like isaiah spiller who's just up there like i'm gonna do all the drills and then it's like oh no no 40 for me like you're fine, dude. Like everyone knows you're slow. Like just go get it over with. Yeah. And I mean, the pro day times are way more favorable, but if everybody's, if we have to start relying on everybody's pro day times for their forties, all these hand timed times where you get Jonathan Adams, junior clocking in at a four, four flat or whatever that one was, how much stock can we really put in any of the athletic testing anymore? I don't understand why everyone like there's like this game to be played with the 40 time. Like we don't all know that the, the, the pro day times are a joke. Like you just don't want that bad number associated with you. When anybody with half a brain knows you add, you know, 0.5 to a whole 10th of a second onto every single 40 time that you get, you're not going to train up any better between now and, you know, March 12th or whatever the heck your pro day is like it, this game within this game is just stupid. Like, do it or don't do it. I don't... David, you know, David Bell, kudos to David Bell. I, I kind of love... I tweeted out like a snarky thing. I called him David Snail after his first 40 <laughs> run where he ran like a 4.65. And then I thought about it and I really quickly quote tweeted it and I said, you know what? He ran slowly, but major kudos to David Bell who knew there's no way that he's, you know, he's probably not happy with that time, but I doubt that he ran that. And it's like, that's nowhere close to what I was running in practice. He knew he was going to run that time and he still went out there and he still did it. So major, major kudos to somebody like David Bell who has the balls to go out there and say like, I'm going to compete at this thing. I'm going to do all the drills. I'm going to show everybody 
that I, you know, I'm just, I'll show up and do whatever you tell me to. And then you have Isaiah Spiller over here who can magically do everything except for the 40. Sorry. See, so I said, don't get me started. I wanted to get you going. The people like the people like uh, when you get fired up. Do they? I think so. Well, if we I didn't mean, lose them. Then. I mean, the Debbie debate, lukewarm Austin, people do enjoy that too, but that's a bit. I think the good takes come when, when you, when you get fired up. So speaking of, speaking of David Bell though, uh, those, the 40 time, I, that is even slower than what I thought he was going to run. I thought he was going to be high four fives. Like, oh, see, I thought he was like four six. Okay. Yeah. I thought he was like, you know, a four, five, seven, four, five, eight kind of a guy. Um, you know, and if you check in under, under a four, six, I'm really not worried about it as a wide receiver. Um, that, you know, there's been a lot of studies out there that have shown that, you know, wide receiver 40 time isn't necessarily the most um, predictive. You know, what 10 yard split is definitely a lot more important from things that I've seen. Um, three cone, not even necessarily all that important either. Because, um, you know, DK Metcalf has famously was a battleship out there trying to turn and he seems to be just fine. So I'm really not that worried about the athletic testing for the wide receivers. So I'm not that worried about David Bell. It knocks him down a couple spots for me, you know, cause he was in contention for my wide receiver one and getting some of these confirmed a little bit, you know, and his, his vert was, I think of 33 inches as well. Yeah. Um, so also not particularly good. Uh, I'll be interested to see what that 10 yard split is, but he'll fall a couple spots for me, but I'm, I'm not that worried about it. I think he's I mean, very talented. it's very much a case of your double counting. If you hold that 40 time against him, mm -hmm. because we shouldn't have expected him to be that fast, similar to how, you know, I'm trying to think of somebody that ran, you know, fast, but as expected today, um, you know, a Jahan Dotson who runs like a four, four, one, like we knew that Jahan Dotson was going to run like a four, four. So like, that's not, we're not going to double count that. Yeah. Um, well, like I said, I, I I did think you know Bell was probably you know a four five seven four five eight kind of a guy. So it is slower than what I was expecting. Um, so you know maybe I have to go back watch on tape there. Maybe I got to get uh into you know got to hit up a big wide receiver guy and and solving football. Two guys at, at two contributors over at campus to Canton who are do a lot of the uh, game speed tracking. You know maybe see what they got on him in a game speed, see how that compares to a situation like this. Uh, I just, as an aside, we're getting a bit off the rails here, but I am currently in the process of pretty heavily revamping my process um, and trying to incorporate, you know, as I learn more, a lot more about some of these analytics from a lot of the really smart guys we have over at the site um, from, you know, the miles per hour, like the game speed, you know, that we get from big wide receiver guy and, and solving football, you know, I'm, I'm taking that stuff into account where I didn't really before. So, uh, you know, big shout out to those guys, always, always learning from them. Edna beast mode, you know, always learning from those guys. I don't have a process. I just rank these guys willy nilly. Yeah. You just throw darts. Yep. Yeah. Um, but back to some of the weigh-ins here, some of the notable ones, uh, we had Garrett Wilson check in under six foot. I think everybody kind of thought he would be at six foot or, you know, at least maybe a little bit over that. He checks in five eleven and three quarters. Um, Calvin Austin, we knew he was small. 
Um, but five eight one uh, five eight 170 pounds that is that is pretty small there as well. Wandale Robinson, same boat, five eight 178 pounds, 27 and five eighths inch arms. He's got a little T Rex arms, got a little tiny arms. That's that's not what you wanted to see out of him. Um, David Bell, six one two twelve, so he checks in good size. No, that was pretty much what we were expecting. So that's just a nice to see. Jamison Williams, uh, six foot one and a half, uh, 179 pounds. Checks in a little bit lighter than than what we were expecting there. And I don't know, maybe he. I don't know. How much did you expect him to weigh, though? I thought he was 180. He doesn't look any bigger than 180. I mean, his lower legs are tiny. They are. Yeah, I don't know. With his height, I thought he would be 185. Okay. You know, maybe something like that. So it's not. It's not like a whoa, but it it was just something to note. He's actually um, slightly taller than I thought he was. Okay, see, I I kind of thought he was like about six one. Okay, yeah, I thought I thought he's like I I would have guessed six foot one eighty. He was six six one and a half and one seventy nine. So I I had him a little short. Okay. Speaking um, speaking of a little short, this quarterback class is full of uh. Full of bunch of mighty mites over here. We got um, Bailey Zappi at six. What are you? Six foot uh, one and a half. Uh, Malik Willis also checking in at six foot one and a half. Sam Howell, six foot one. Matt Corral, six foot one and five eighths. All of them, um, you know, right between 212 and 219 pounds. So they're all basically the same size here but they're all a bit on the short side how about that (laughs) you're the one who wanted to talk combine here um i i guess i thought they were a little bit taller that and i would have guessed i would have guessed like six two for hal and, and corral um i don't know how tall i thought malik willis was but 220 is pretty nice like bulk for him it would have been cool to see a 40 time with it so it could you could see um you know but um you know such is life yeah yeah but i mean all of those guys right in there around the same size um but you know traditionally you like to see quarterbacks at you know the six two six three range is the height a concern for you for any of these guys no um it's foot's pretty solid actually um but it doesn't bother me one bit i don't know you know me i'm not a not a big sized guy yeah more of a motion of the ocean yes fair enough um on to the testing uh first start out here how are your uh how are your prop bets going uh well half of them got canceled <laughs> Those fuckers won't run um <laughs> And I'm still, I'm going to win. It's probably, I mean, I got, I've got, I had a lot more on the running backs than the wide receivers. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't really betting too heavily on the, on the receiver running. Cause I'm not super comfortable with that. Um, but I'm feeling okay. Like I think okay. I, so Pickens ran like a four, four. I think that's going to get adjusted. Does it hit four five? I'm not quite sure, but I don't think that he was running a four, four. Like I, I really, really don't. So, yeah, if if none of those get adjusted, though, that is a lot. If none of those get adjusted, prize picks lines look a lot better when they dropped. 
because you have Tyquan Thornton uh, running a 4-2-1 unofficial, um, you know, which would break the combine record. Chris Olave with a 4-2-6. Christian Watson out of North Dakota State with a 4-2-8. Velas Jones Jr., the ninth-year guy out of Tennessee with a 4-3-1. Calvin Austin the third, a 4-3-2. Alec Pierce from Cincinnati, 4-3-3. Danny Gray from SMU, a 4-3-3. Bo Melton from Rutgers, 4-3-4. I mean, we have... So, 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 do the next one. Do the next one. Biggest, Sha- biggest surprise of the day. Khalil Shakir, the 4-3-5. Boom. That's your biggest surprise of the day? hmm Okay. I think Garrett Wilson running a four three seven was actually more surprising to me. I think that's going to get adjusted. I mean, I think they all get adjusted, don't they? I thought Khalil Shakir was like a four five five guy. Wow, like, really? Yes, he's not that fast. I thought he was like a four four. Like there, there are multiple times where he gets caught for behind. Like I did not think he was that fast. I didn't think he was a bad athlete by any stretch. Mm-hmm. I thought he was an average athlete. And then mm-hmm. I come to find out that apparently he's like the world's like eighth fastest man. Um, <laughs> uh, no, there's. Uh, what two, four, six, eight, nine, ninth. I do you know what the odds of a class just being like, like there's like three, like three wide receivers ever that have hit under sub four three, and all of a sudden we're supposed to believe that three of them did it here, and like another five were like so close. Like <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, and you know, like you said, um, George Pickens a four four flat. Yeah, that's the only other surprising one. That was pretty surprising. Um, some of these other ones, you know, Jalen Tolbert, the four four four. Um, I thought he was a four high four fives guy. Yeah, so some of these were a little bit surprising. That's and what then, I'm telling you, this track was juiced for everybody except for Traylon Burks. <laughs> so, where I think the clock is off is with the second group of wide receivers, because the first group. They all more or less ran what you thought they were going to run. Like, if you look at who was in that group, um, like, uh, I'm trying to like Sky Moore was in that group, low four fours, Jahan Dotson, low four fours, um, Kevin Austin, low four fours. His score has actually been adjusted up already. Um, and those were like the guys that you thought were going to be fast in that group. Jalen Naylor, a guy that everyone thought was going to be fast in that group, four five flat. Um, like if and then Burks with four five five like that those times seemed normal. David Bell and then and David Bell and then the second group came in guys and just to give you like the context like he said like all of a sudden then you've got the, the first guy to go to is Chris Olave and this dude just drops a four two six and you're like okay oh, holy crap and it became <laughs> a lot less impressive once you figured out that every dude is running like point one to point one five less than what you thought they were going to run so something happened when they lined up that second group of wide receivers, I don't know if they had to recalibrate the laser or like how the, how the whole system works. But I think that's when they screwed this thing up because there's just no way that everyone was running a normal time. And then this group of wide receivers showed up and all of a sudden everybody in this group is just like faster than like Superman. It was sprinting or like the flash or something like just stupid. Yeah. The Taekwon Thornton time is going to be really interesting. Um, Cause that's, that's a combine record that beats, that beats um, Ross. And no one said anything about it. Yeah. He ran this time, and everyone was just like, oh, that, and they just kept talking. <laughs> I was like, this dude just apparently broke the combine record. 
Uh, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how those times get adjusted. Uh, was there anybody here that really stood out to you? Obviously, we only have half of the times that we believe are accurate. It's really tough because, yeah, I don't really believe anybody in that second group. But I'll go back to that Khalil Shakir time because I thought he was an average athlete. And even if we assume that these all get bumped up a little bit, like he ran faster than Garrett Wilson did and Wandale Robinson, who were both in that group with him. Which is just really, really surprising to me. Not that I thought Garrett Wilson was necessarily a speedster, but I thought Wandale Robinson was, was mm -hmm. you know, a, a good portion faster than him. Um, so that, that I think is one of the more surprising guys in this group, at least at the wide receivers. And, um, if you want to talk about some guys, you're just sticking a fork in, uh, or they're done, you know, Devin Williams probably done ran a four, six, three today. Um, Slade Bolden's interesting. He ran a four, six, six. He doesn't really need the speed, but Ontario Drummond's another guy that I think dug his own grave today. Four, six, five. Yep. Um, I think at this point he's lucky to get drafted. Really cool afro in his NFL.com pick, though, if you want to go look that up. Um, but I, I think, you know, he's probably done as well. He ran slower than a nice portion of the tight ends did. Yeah, well, speaking of tight ends, um, there was one that really stood out to me. That was Jelani Woods from mm -hmm. Virginia uh, running a 4.61. That is a very, very nice time from a guy who is – who checked in at 6'7", 259 pounds. Um, he was a guy who caught a lot of passes at Virginia, too. So he's big. He's athletic. He caught a lot of passes there. Uh, is this a guy that maybe we need to, to take a look at in, in this tight end class here? Um, yeah, I think he's a pretty interesting sleeper. I'd be interested to see where he gets drafted. The NFL likes kind of these speedy tight ends. You know, I'm not saying that he's going to be the top guy in this class, but that time was really good. Um, and he looked like he was moving, um, mm -hmm. like he really did, you know, vi visibly, uh, as we were watching and he did pretty well on the bench too. I think he had the highest bench of the day at 24 yeah. or something mm -hmm. like that. So, um, a really good all around day for him, uh, definitely did his job. Um, and I, I yeah, I am interested to see him. Mean, he ran faster than a couple guys. I mean, I thought he's a pretty good athlete. I thought he would yeah. run fast, mm -hmm. but you know, some other guys that we thought would run fast that he ran faster than Greg Dulcich. Tight end out of UCLA. He ran faster than him. He ran faster than uh, Grant Calcaterra, who I thought was going to be really, really fast as well. Granted, it was only 0.01 second. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, and, and he was the, what, second fastest tight end on the day, I believe, mm -hmm. after that dude from Maryland who, like, they were like, yeah, he looks, like, awful on tape. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I honestly, it, his name's um, Chig Aconquo. I had never even heard of him before, to be no, honest. Me neither. So, yeah, no idea who that guy was. Uh, but yeah, Jelani Woods, Jelani Woods might have made himself a little bit of money today. Yeah. You know, I don't know how many other guys that we can necessarily say that about because you're going to see a lot of people who don't test um, and don't run. So the last position, we had a couple quarterbacks actually run here. Uh, Desmond Ritter, 449. Uh, that's, that's moving. That is moving for a quarterback here. Is that uh does that change is that what you expected him to run? Do you expect him I to said four or five. five? I said four or five is what I thought he would run. Okay. Um, so 
it was really funny. We were we were sitting there talking as he ran, and we were like, "All right, does he run sub sub four five or over four five? And a couple of you guys were like, "Oh, sub four five. And I was like, "I think he goes over four five. And he he ran four five exactly. We were all like, "Oh." <laughs> then he came back the second run and did the, the four four nine. Uh, that's about what I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, he ran a lot faster than all the other quarterbacks, but like none of the quarterbacks that we wanted to run except for Pickett ran. So mm-hmm. uh, ran faster than EJ Perry, quarterback out of Brown. So that's exciting. Yeah, that was big. Quarterback out of Brown, EJ Perry running a 4-6. Have to look into this guy. Brown, Ivy League school, smart guy. I bet he killed the Wonderlick. Big stock up there. They take the Wonderlick yet? I don't know, but I bet he kills it. Do you know who has the uh, the highest score on the Wonderlick at quarterbacks? At quarterbacks. Yeah. Marcus Mariota. No, I'm pre- and I don't know this for 100% of a fact. I just feel like I've heard this before. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Why are you just pulling stuff out of your ass on this show, Colin? I'm almost positive have, I heard it before. I didn't we, fact check it. You're already just crushing our credibility every time you come on here and then you come out with this. All right. Well, give me a sec to look this up okay. here. Kenny Pickett ran a 467. Yeah, uh, I was pretty surprised that he ran that fast. I thought he'd run over 47. Uh, according to wonderlickpracticetest.com, um, Ryan Fitzpatrick scored a 48 out of 50, which was the highest quarterback on the list. So, not a perfect score. Tisk, tisk. It's not a perfect it, score, but I is wasn't it possible, it is it impossible to get a perfect score on it? I don't think so. Um, okay. you get 12 minutes and 50 questions. So if you can answer all 50 questions in 12 minutes and answer them correctly, then you can get a perfect score. Ryan Fitzpatrick, 48. So I wasn't pulling it out of my butt. I didn't ruin our credibility. I just wasn't 100% sure on the fact checking. This time. Didn't ruin it this time. Uh, Last quarterback that I wanted to bring up here, Mm -hmm. uh, Bailey Zappi with a 4.78. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's that's good mobility. And, and I know um, on the draft report with um, Dwight Peebles over on the Campus to Canton podcast network uh, this week, he had one of our other contributors on Hannah uh, at Hannah Lay on not Hannah Lay 91 on Twitter. And she stumbled through that or she did that twice on um, the pod and then on Debbie debate too. She said people always have a hard time with that one. So I don't feel as bad. But at Hannah Lay, H-A-N-A-L-E-I-9-1. Um, she's a big Western Kentucky uh, fan. She went there, uh, still works through the university, you know, has some ties there. Uh, she said one of her... She contributes to their stuff for rivals. Yes. Yes. She does contribute. Forgot to- the most important part there. Once, once, once got proposed to by Big Red, apparently. So yes, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. she's she's really tied into Western Kentucky. Yes, uh, she said her big one of her big concerns with Zappy was you know potentially his some of his mobility, and I think this helped to answer one of those questions there. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you're going to mistake him for a dual threat, but it was better than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't Tom Brady's forty. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I. I don't know outside there like a handful of guys if anybody did like a really bad job at the 40, but I think again, a large part of that is probably a lot of the guys that probably would have done poorly 
opted not to run. Like I am one, I, I do wonder, you know, on average, I wonder if they, this class is probably faster, but uh, there's only eight quarterbacks that ran. Yeah. So, and, and then the first group, there were only two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Skylar Thompson did um, surprise me though at a four, eight, six. I mean, he was a pretty mobile guy. It looked like he was another guy that had not trained at all. His his start was just awful. He looked like he was going to fall over. Yeah. Um. Any other any other big notes here that you wanted to bring up on the combine? I mean, no, this, take, is, this was your topic. Just take us home, man. Just take us home. We 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 got we got through it together, right. you and me. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us here tonight. Uh, as always, you know, rate and review the show. Uh, Spotify has the rating system now. Uh, always check out the family of pods over on the Campus to Canton network. We got Chasing the Natty, the college show coming out on Mondays. Campus Life, the other half of our flagship pod here coming out on Tuesdays. Devi Debate is Wednesdays live every night, 930. The Future Freshman podcast, uh, the new podcast by Brandon Sanders at CFF University. Uh, it's going to be detailing the freshman class from a CFF Dynasty perspective. We got the Canton Bound. That's the show dropping on Fridays. Daily Draft Report. That is dropping every day of the week. Quick 15-minute hitters. Uh, you never have to leave the network. Uh, we also have some, some great shows over on the YouTube channel. Uh, we got the Fantasy Football Roundtable over there. We have the Official, which is a new analytics-based recruiting show uh, with Alfred, big wide receiver guy, and at Solving Football. Uh, and then the daily college football filter show by uh, one and only Chris Moxley. Uh, check all of those out over there on the channel. Subscribe so you never miss any of that. Like I mentioned at the very beginning, and you know, tune in on the 14th of March, two weeks to our Twitter account. Uh, we're going to be dropping something big, something huge. What is it? I, I can't tell you. Not even me? Nope. Okay. Can't tell I guess you. I'll wait like everybody else. Yep. Gonna have to wait like everybody else. Uh, but that's gonna do it for us here tonight. Uh, as always, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. And have a good one. <laughs>